Joy to the earth. 
Yeah. 
Appreciate it. Aren't those songs great? We sing them once a year, but they're uh, they're powerful, powerful songs. Welcome to our Christmas Eve service this year, and we're so glad that you're here. Maybe you're a guest here at uh, Praise Assembly. We are glad you're here. First time you've ever walked in these doors. We're so glad to see you. And uh, maybe you've been going here for a long time. Maybe this is your 27th Christmas Eve service. I don't know, but uh, we're glad to have you tonight. And uh, excited to be able to uh, celebrate and talk a little bit more about Jesus this evening. So um, uh, before I get into tonight's message, just, a, just a, as a reminder uh, that this, for this coming Friday night, and they're going to be turning off some lights, getting us ready for a little bit later. Um, this Friday night is our final Friday family night, final Friday of the year. And so 530 to 630 is a potluck, bring something and then you can uh, hang out and just enjoy. Some of you will stay in the cafe, do 
board games, hang out, but there'll be inflatables in this room and in our chapel for the young ones in the chapel and then for the elementary here, for our youth, middle school, high school, there'll be some on this side here. And it'll be a great time. At 8 o'clock, it wraps up for elementary and family. And then from there to the end of the night will be our youth ministry. So just to let you know, that is this Friday again, beginning at 530. Um, so, uh, you know, we've, we've spent the past few weeks talking about the names of Jesus from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9. And we've looked at the first week was Wonderful Counselor. Uh, which I had that week, and, uh, and then Pastor Brown, when I was gone, he sp spoke about mighty God. I heard uh, he spoke about how his name means king, his, his Brandon, okay, which is pretty exciting. And, uh, and then uh, Pastor, of course, this morning spoke about everlasting father, and tonight we're going to look at the fourth name that Isaiah 9-6 talks about, and that is the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Peace. How many enjoy when you have some peace in your life? Anybody here? You're like, yeah. Doesn't happen very often, but you enjoy it. Let's look up at the screen, Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, beginning part of 7. It says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. I mean, can you imagine that? A government whose peace never ends. That's absolutely unheard of. And it wasn't just Isaiah, the prophet that God used to speak this, but in the New Testament, we see this, this title of peace given to Jesus. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 says, Now may the God of peace, who brought us up from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified our eternal covenant with his blood. He is the Prince of Peace. Isaiah prophesies about it. Uh, we look in the New Testament. The writer of Hebrews talks about it. I even went into Dollar Tree. How many have been to Dollar Tree this season? You've been there. A couple of you. Yeah, you've been there. I went into Dollar Tree, and I see this. It says this, mag this magazine. It says Jesus. It says Prince of Peace. And then it says, and how he changed the world. So even the Dollar Tree acknowledges that he's the Prince of Peace. And uh, tonight, just for a few moments, I want to look at this peace. Jesus claims that he is the, the prince of. I mean, how do you get access to it? You know, how, how to, how, who can access it? How do we access it? And what makes this peace different? What makes it different? In the book of John, Jesus reveals to his disciples, and at this point, it's a very small and intimate conversation. Some of you are going to have those uh, this week, between this Sunday and next Sunday, you're going to have some conversations, maybe in a very small group. And uh, it's not going to be a bunch of people, but Jesus is having uh, uh, the, the, um, this conversation we're going to read about. He's uh, celebrating the, 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 what's soon to be known as the Last Supper with them, Passover. And uh, it's just a, a handful of people in this room. And he's uh, sharing about what's going to be happening. He's about to go and be betrayed by someone he trusted. Uh, he's going to have a trial. There's going to be eventual torture and crucifixion. All that stuff is going to happen. And he's sharing this moment with these disciples. And, and I really want to make this clear. These disciples, talking about needing peace, these are very young men. Probably one of the older men, again, is Peter. He's married. Uh, but these are very young men. So the youngest, older teenagers, 
maybe most of them are that college age, what we would call college age right now. These aren't, you know, 40-year-old guys with beards at this point. Uh, this is not them. And so here they are, and little do they know they're going to need this piece that Jesus is talking about. But John chapter 14, 22 says this, Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple that was his name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? See, Jesus, along with the other disciples, is wondering, Jesus, why at this point are you limiting the revelation of who you are with everyone. Why are we limiting that? Why aren't we just going out there? Why don't, we have, why don't we have a massive campaign? Why don't we make sure everyone knows and your face is on every poster in town? Shouldn't you be showing yourself, maybe doing a big reveal, uh, you know, maybe some more impact? But Jesus' reply begins to answer the questions of who can access this piece. John 14, 23 begins this way. And Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. And Jesus is the Prince, but to those not recognizing his authority... There's no impact. There's no impact there. An example might be this. If you had somebody from a foreign nation come here to our country and begin to uh, you know, tell you what you needed to do or, 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 or just command you to do this or command you to do that, maybe in their country they have the authority, they have the ability, um, they have the, the, the means to do that. But in this country, they don't have that ability to do that. And it would be the same vice versa. If someone with authority here, maybe the mayor of Philadelphia or somebody came and said, hey, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. Or, or a police officer here and he went to a different country. He doesn't have the same authority because he's not from the same country. And, you know, you may be the prince of your country uh, wherever you might live. But when you come here or when we are here and go there, it's different. Um, another example could be this way. Um, if you have a favorite NFL team, if they're your favorite team. You just, I mean, whether they lose or win, you are there. You are there with them. And so here you are, and you love them, and you have a strong opinion of them. You think they're this. You think they're the greatest team, the best team, whatever it might be. I'm not going to bring up my team because I get ridiculed every time I do. But, you know, someone that, that, that doesn't have that same devotion, that doesn't have that same love, same history with them, is just going to disagree with you. It, it, it's, it's, the impact of that is not there. And in a similar way, unless Jesus is your leader, unless he's your leader, your ruler, and his role of Prince of Peace doesn't have impact in your life. Now, don't get me wrong. Jesus is still the Prince of Peace, whether I or you or anyone recognize it or not. But the impact, the effect that it has is different. King David wrote a, a song following his deliverance from King Saul. And it speaks to how we see Jesus. Psalm uh, 18, 25 and 26 says this. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To those with integrity, you show yourself integrity. You show integrity. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the crooked, you show yourself shrewd. If you are about the things that God is about, then you will see him for who he is. 
Maybe before you knew Jesus, maybe you're here and you're a Christian, before you knew Jesus, you thought, well, he's, you know, maybe he's a good guy, or I don't really know what I think about him, or, you know, he's, he seems okay, or I don't, I don't really know what the big deal is. But when you begin to know him, you realize that he's everything you thought he might have been, and actually more. But if you're not about what God is about, you see him maybe as difficult, exacting, stingy, ruthless, or hard. There's actually an example we have in Matthew 25. How many remember the parable of the talents? Anybody here remember those talents? That, that parable? One was you know, given five talents, one was given two, one was given one. The master went away, he came back, he goes to settle accounts. The one who had been given five gains five more. Well done, good and faithful servant. The one who had two came back and he had gained two more. Well done, good and faithful servant. The one who had one just went and hid it in the ground. And his response is, I knew you were hard. I knew you sowed where you didn't, uh, you reap where you didn't sow. I know, you know that you're difficult, that you're challenging, all these things. And the truth was that servant, Jesus calls him this, is a wicked servant. He's wicked because if the master was all those things that he said, why didn't he put it in the bank? Why didn't he do that? And so when it comes to uh, Jesus being the Prince of Peace, and that having effect on your life, unless he's the Lord of who you are, unless he's in, in charge of who you are, unless you're under his authority, uh, unless you recognize him for who he is, the fact that he has peace and he is the prince of peace has no effect, has no impact on your life. Jesus continues in verse 25. He says, I am telling you these things now while I'm with you. Verse 26, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. He's telling them something in person right now. He's informing them that this is going to be, this is not going to be the last time they're going to hear this. Um, if, if you are a fan of the series, the movie series, National Treasure, you're a fan of that, Nicolas Cage, all that. There's a part in the second movie, I believe it's called uh, The Book of Secrets, the second, the second part of that movie. And uh, he kidnaps the president. Long story short, the president gives him some codes and passwords verbally. The, the, the actor who plays the president gives him these codes and passwords verbally uh, so that he can go accomplish something. So he, he, this president speaks it to Nicolas Cage, ben, ben Gates, I think his name is in the movie, and Ben Gates hears all these words, all these numbers, all this information, and he's like, I got it. And he walks away, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, how? How can you remember all that? I would say, can you wait a second? Let me get my phone app out and write my notes, or, or could you do that again? Could you speak it again in the audio app my phone? Could you, could you do that to remember all these things as being insane to be able to remember all that? Now, how many times has God reminded you about things in life? How many times has he done that where he's reminded you, maybe you're dealing with somebody and he's reminded you about your shortcomings or he's reminded you about forgiveness. He's reminded you about the peace he has to offer. He's maybe reminded you about trusting him in a matter, whatever it might be. Maybe trusting you about the danger of sin or trusting you about or, or, or reminding you about showing love or being patient in a situation. But I would say in a room with this many people here, God has reminded us an awful lot. And I know that, that, that the spirit of God in, in, in John 14 and 15 is called the counselor. I think another, another name could be for him is the reminder. 
the reminder. And I've kind of made this practice the past several years, several years in our home, that when something needs to happen, you know, we need to be somewhere or something needs to be picked up, um, I actually like it when people, even if I remembered it, and it's, maybe it's in my, in my phone, I just, you know, I'm remembering it, even if they say, hey, don't forget, we got to do this. I don't get mad at all because I despise and I hate forgetting things. Anybody here with me? I, I hate forgetting things. You know, you got to go back and get it, or you got to, oh, what am I going to do now? I hate it. So even when they remind me, I'm excited that I'm, I'm, this will not be forgotten because I've been reminded about it. And that's what God does. He is a reminder. And aren't you grateful that he's, uh, all the times he's reminded you in your life about things, things that maybe you had forgotten, things that, you know, that weren't on the front burner for you but really needed to be. And then Jesus continues in verse 27. And this is where we specifically talk about peace. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled and don't be afraid. He's leaving them, but he's not leaving them empty-handed. He has a, a gift. Some of you here are gift givers. Uh, this is your favorite time of year because that is the way you love to show love, is you want to give people gifts. And this is one of your favorite times of year, because you get to do that. It's a joy to you. It comes natural to you. It's what you love to do. But it's a gift that only he can give. It's not a gift that anyone else can give. It's only a gift <clears throat> that he can give. And that's true of us. There are some things only you can do. There are some things only I can do. Uh, only you can live for Jesus. Only you can make him the Lord and the in charge of your life. Only you can do that. I, no one can do that for you. A parent can't do that for you. Uh, a pastor can't do it for you. A friend can't do it for you. A sibling can't. It's something that you and I have to do. Uh, forgiveness for someone else. No one else can forgive somebody else on your behalf. You have to forgive them. You have to say, listen, I know what you've done, what you've said, but I'm choosing to live with the consequences of what you've said and done, and I'm not going to hold it against you from here forward. There are important words that need to be said maybe to each other, and only you can do it. You can't, you can't abdicate that to someone else. You have to do it. There are some things you need to say maybe to your spouse or to your child or whatever it might be, but you have to say it. And Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and he's giving the gift of peace. He's giving the gift of peace. And I would say for, for many here, you've prayed that over the years. You've said, man, if I could, maybe not in these exact words, but if I could just get through this, if I could just have peace about this, or if I could, if, if, if this could settle down in my life, or if that could be resolved in life. And it's peace of two things, peace of mind. Isn't your mind oftentimes a place of kind of chaos, a real busy place, a lot of things swirling around, going on, a lot of things happening up there. I know I've been married for almost 30 years, and, and Jody will tell me, uh, you, you know, you're thinking about this, but I'm thinking about this and this and this and this, and I'm like, I would be exhausted to think about all those things. But it's, it can be a place of worry, chaos, fear, but his peace replaces confusion, fear, anxiety, doubt. And also not only peace of mind, but peace in your heart. Your heart and my heart can be a divided place. It can be a place that's stolen away quickly, 
affections for something else. You know, the, uh, the old hymn that says, bind my wandering heart to thee. It's our, our hearts tend to wander, our affections wander. You know, we, we love the Lord, we want to serve him and, and we're devoted to him, but then we wander to this and we wander to that. So when it comes to these qualities, it gives us peace of mind, peace of heart. But probably one of the greatest qualities that it possesses is its source. And this is the last thing we're going to talk about, its source. Not offered in this world. The best estimates that historians can give, and these are very approximate, but in the approximate 4,000 years of, of really, you know, where we have some record of history, we have only about... 8% of the time where there's not war. Peace is not normal in our, in our world. War, chaos, that's actually more the norm. And we lived in a time and in a nation where we've experienced tremendous amounts of peace. But as a human race and humanity, peace has not uh, been the norm. But Jesus says that the world can't offer the peace that I bring. We can't even find lasting peace in money, relationships, uh, scenery. We go somewhere, a location. You know, we get tired of it or we get worn out by it or the relationship fails or something happens and then peace seems to leave us. Because of these qualities of this gift of peace and the source, he says, don't be troubled or afraid. And uh, if I can have uh, the person I had talked about, about the lights in the back, take care of those, that'd be great. I'm going to leave these on for just a moment longer. I'm going to end with this. You know, um, the, the Hebrew word for the prince of, uh, of peace is the word shalom. And uh, it has a, a meaning of, uh, of, of actual peace. Serenity, but one of the greater meanings in, in the book of Genesis chapter uh, 21 and 22, it, it's, it's used when it comes to someone being having things stolen from them, taking from them. And it refers to um, wholeness, being made whole. And, you know, I have this flashlight here and, and it, has, um, it has a bunch of parts. It's a, it's a part now. And, and, and maybe you can relate to that in your life. Maybe, maybe either you can relate to it personally or you can relate to it someone very close to you. That they have the ability to be something exceptional. But the truth is, is that they're not whole. Their lives are apart and not in a good way. And what Jesus is, is he is the prince of making everything right again. He's the prince of wholeness. He's the prince of making us complete. That's what he is. That's what he does. And, uh, you know, I'm not the most mechanical person in the world, but I do know, because I practiced earlier, I do know which way these batteries go in, and I can actually take this flashlight, which has all kinds of potential, but when it's apart, when it's, when it's just in this state of, of disarray, it doesn't have, it's not complete. It's not whole. And, and maybe you're here tonight and you can relate to that. You're here. Let's see if I can do this. 
break your candles yet. Don't break your candles. Hold on to those. But you know, this is, this is the way it should be. And, and maybe in your life, possibly, possibly in your life, you don't, you don't feel very complete. You feel very lacking, very not who you're supposed to be, meant to be. You just feel this cavity that it's just kind of a part of your life. And I want to say this, is that Jesus doesn't make all your problems go away. He doesn't. But Jesus promises never, ever to leave you, ever. That's his promise to you. I will always be with you. Even to the end, to the very end, I will be with you. And this flashlight used to be in pieces and really not functioning the way it should be. But the truth is, is that this is what Jesus, this is shalom. This is completeness, wholeness. And that's what he offers you and I tonight. That's what he offers you this Christmas season. That's what he offers you this new year of 2024. And before we turn all the lights off, we're going to sing one more song. Before we do that, I would like to ask you, in this room, you know, it'll get darker in a moment. But it's, uh, it's pretty dark here. Even that little candle went out here. But... Um, as you're sitting there, maybe that's you. you. You need the Prince of Peace to do a miracle in your life. You've never called on him. You've never said, Jesus, help me. You've never said, Jesus, would you, would you rescue me? Would you forgive me? Would you lead me? Would you guide me? Would you direct me? You've never done that. And I want to invite you in this place that is, is mostly dark, Maybe you need to do that tonight. Maybe that's what you need to do. That's For this Christmas, that's what you need to do. You need to say, Jesus, you're in charge. I need your help. I'm calling you tonight. And I'd like to lead you in prayer before we turn the lights off, before we, we snap our light sticks, and before we sing that song. I would like to pray with you. And if that's your heart tonight, if that's what you want to do, inside there's an urging. You just, I need to make things right with God. I have to do this. Then I would encourage you, I'd like everyone to pray with me but I would encourage you to make this prayer your own. Would you repeat this prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that you love me enough tonight to bring me here. You are the Prince of Peace, and I need your peace. I understand I can't have it unless you're in charge. And I want to say tonight, forgive me of all my sin and be in charge of my life. Lead me, guide me, direct me, help me, and I trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if that's, if that's a prayer that you said, you know what, that's for me, that's what I need, then tonight can be your night when you begin to follow Jesus. Isn't that exciting? What an incredible thing to do this time of year, to be able to be, be made right with God. As Jody just plays quietly for a moment, I'd like to have these last lights turned off. Don't break your light sticks yet. Just hold on one moment. We'll do that in just a minute. But if I can have these last lights turned off. You turn your flashlight off over there, please. Thank you.
It's unbelievable how dark it is, isn't it? But you know what's more unbelievable? About how light can pierce through darkness. And this is what I'd like you to do. Would you take yours, just snap it if you're having problems with it? You can have somebody next to you do that. And just hold it up. Don't, don't hide it. Don't hide it. Some of you are like, I'm still trying to break this thing. <laughs> While we're seated, can we just sing this song together? We'll stand in a moment. Let's sing this song together.
time. Let's sing it. together tonight as you're holding your light up that'd be great lord jesus we recognize that you are the prince of peace you're the you're the one that brings shalom you bring you make everything the way it should be you complete everything you make us whole as a person and i pray again if there was somebody here tonight and they're just not that way they haven't experienced your peace. The only way they can do that is, again, if you are the Lord of their life, if you are in charge, if they humble themselves before you. And God, I pray they would do that this Christmas season and that they would experience your peace like they never have before. Would you bless them in a powerful way? God, I thank you for each person here and for the lives that they're going to touch this year. Um, I pray you would uh, cause them to bring your peace wherever they go and to bring your light wherever they go. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to gather together tonight. And I pray a blessing over everyone here. God, we love you and we honor you and we give you thanks for these moments. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hey, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I hope you have an incredible time tonight with family or friends and tomorrow. Please be safe wherever you go. And again, be a light. Can we do that? God bless you. Have an incredible night.